Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 94, part two of the talk given by Pauline McDougall, entitled Scriptural Models for Transformation. So we find that when we move into the post-resurrection time, this same emphasis on the scriptures is there. This transforming power is there. That power to convert, because as I think it was Corrie Ten Boom said, I can read any book, but this is the only book that can read me. And so when we're challenged with something, when um, the Word of God speaks to us in some way, when the Word of God gives us some new insight, then our conversion undergoes yet another revolution. And so we find Jesus in that time before he ascends to heaven, walking along the road to and meeting two disciples who are on their way to a village called Emmaus. Now, it's interesting that these disciples actually are walking away from the place they've been told to stay in. But they've gone back, as Jesus didn't, into the rational mind. They're depressed. They think he's dead. Our own hope had been that he would be the one to set Israel free. They're disillusioned, and so they're going back. He draws alongside, allows them to express themselves, doesn't make an immediate comment on what they're saying, meets them exactly where they are, but then, and I suspect in a tone of great sort of sympathy, says to them, you foolish men, so slow to believe all that the prophets had said. Because if they'd really believed in the prophets, they'd have known what Jesus was about. They'd have known that his resurrection was not the end. It was a new stage, and a stage to which we're all uninvited. And so, in Luke 24, it says, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets, he explained to them the passages throughout the scriptures that were about himself. Remember the Vatican document saying that the Old Testament points to Jesus? And of course, they are absolutely mesmerized by this man. And when he looks as if he's going to leave them, they invite him to join him for a meal. And when he breaks the bread, they realize who he is. So it's so important for us when we hear the scriptures, the liturgy of the word, that we realize that it's meant to prepare us for recognizing Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And they are transformed. They are converted. Those dejected, depressed men turn around and hot-foot it back to join all the other disciples only too anxious to share the good news. And that is what happens to us when we have an experience of conversion. We talk, we become a witness. We can tell 
our story. Everyone has a story to tell. And so he appears to them all then very shortly afterwards. And he says, everything written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets and in the Psalms was destined to be fulfilled. And then verse 45 says, and this is something I would pray for all of us. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now this has nothing to do with your IQ. It's nothing to do with how intelligent you are or how well read you are. One of my friends who has gone to the Lord was virtually illiterate, and yet the riches that he discovered in the scriptures were amazing. It's nothing to do with your IQ. It's all to do with being the handmaid of the Lord, letting it be done to us according to his word. And so we find that the early church continued in this tradition. Now, we must realize, of course, the early church didn't have the Gospels at this stage. So the scriptures that the early church are referring to are the same scriptures that Jesus relied on so much. And so in the letter to the Hebrews, we find uh, this. The word of God is something alive and active. It penetrates anywhere. It judges thoughts, emotions, and motives, and reveals sin, and strips away illusion. So that word of God, alive and active. Remember when you were learning your English grammar at school, and we did parts of speech, and we were told that a verb was a doing word. Now, in the classical languages, in, in Greek, there was a word logos, which is a noun, and that's kind of absolute word. And then there's a word called rhema, R-H-E-M-A, and that is the word that is alive and active. That's the word that springs off the page. That's the word that thumps you in the solar plexus when somebody reads or when um, you hear uh, the scriptures in song. And that is what we need to grow as individuals, to grow in our relationship with God, that the Logos word on the page becomes the Rhema word in our hearts. And so we find as well in the um, liturgy document from uh, Vatican II that St. Paul's letter to, uh, his second letter to Timothy is quoted when he says, From the Holy Scriptures, you learn the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and useful for refuting error, for guiding people's lives, and teaching them to be holy. This is how someone who is dedicated to God becomes fully equipped and ready for any good work. So the scriptures provide us with our model for transformation and for conversion. So we need in some way to be engaging with the scriptures on a daily basis. That prayerful pri private reading, um, Lexio Divina, 
sharing in a group, a group of us get together on Monday mornings and we look at the passages that are going to be used in the following Sunday's liturgy. And this isn't necessarily to become very erudite. It's what are the scriptures saying? What to understand is what stands under the words on the page. And it's great if you have got somebody who's got some knowledge that can share about the background because it makes it so much more relevant. And then, of course, we need to be reading things like commentaries, etc., and going to talks and reading good uh, spiritual literature, the classics and the modern contemporary stuff. So if we do that on um, a regular basis, and we keep referring back to how Jesus lived his life and how rooted he was in the scriptures. We'll find ourselves under the influence of the Holy Spirit as he was more and more transformed. The fourth Eucharistic prayer says that um, we come to the fullness of grace and that they, you know, the Spirit's God's work is fulfilled in the world. We come to the fullness of grace, that's the spirit working in us individually, so that we can be part of that fullness of grace that spreads out through the world. And I'd just like to finish with what um, the Vatican document said about, about this. It says, by hearing the message of salvation, because each one of us, once we know that what salvation is about, has a story to tell. By hearing the message of salvation, the whole world may believe. By believing, it may hope. And by hoping, it may love. And in that way, reveal the kind of love that led to the kind of death that Jesus had on the cross, but also to the kind of love that he lived in his life. Thank you. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life is filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.